0: on his feet,
1: he looks up and gives me a grin and says, hey dude, you too must be from Marin.
0: Welcome back to the Run TMC podcast. That's the Run the Marin County podcast, a podcast about basketball in Marin County. This is Dave Levine, and my friend and co-host Duffy Boward and I are thrilled to present the fourth and final episode of the New Year week, a gift to our listeners, a week of interviews. But before we get to the interviews, let's have a quick shout out to our sponsors, North Bay Basketball Academy, or NBBA. The Hub in San Anselmo, Karen Horsmeyer Real Estate, Jesse and Laurent, and the Nike Camps at San Domenico. And now let's get another clip from the Bambauer Tournament taken by our crack reporter, Duffy Ballard. Take it away, Duff.
1: Hey, guys. It's Ethan Castle. I run a podcast and blog called Bay Preps Insider. I've formerly done work with the San Francisco Standard Examiner Chronicle Prep to Prep, and a few other locations as well. I am all about high school sports, especially high school basketball, and met Coach Ballard this week at the Bambauer Classic, which was an awfully fun time, as it is every year. Up there with the Gridley Invitational is one of my favorite weeks of the entire basketball season. A few keys to running a good tournament. You got to have a good mix of teams, and while this tournament was an almost all-NCS field, it was teams across different leagues, different divisions, different school sizes, different styles of play. There were a couple of CCS teams, a SAC Joaquin team, one SoCal team. Maybe the deepest field they've ever had, just looking at the quality of games in the consolation bracket. You got to have a good hospitality room, and they certainly did, and you got... Some of the local Mexican food that they brought in was excellent. And I've had a lot of Mexican food. I can tell you it's right up there with some of the best. It was from a local place called Celia's, I believe. And you got to be good at keeping your games on time. You know, that's not always going to happen. You're going to have something that runs long because it goes to overtime or there were a bunch of late fouls. We stayed just about within 30 minutes of schedule for every game, all four days which is hard to pull off, especially in a 16-team tournament. It was also great that, unlike the past couple years between COVID and then last year's travel issues, we actually got all 16 teams there and able to play all four games. So, hooray to that. First time that's happened since the 2019 tournament. I was surprised that there weren't more teams that stuck around in the Bay Area this week. There are normally... Like a decade ago, this used to be a week for a lot of big tournaments, whereas now the two really big ones still going on in the Bay Area are Bambauer and Damian Lillard. St. Francis moved their Joe Schram Classic earlier, so they can go down south this week. St. Ignatius hasn't hosted the Sand Dune Classic in a few years. That was a longtime favorite one that the Berlin Game teams that I worked with when I was in school went to. But even when I was in high school, it was always... I was always super jealous because Mills would go to Bambauer Bauer and it was like, Oh my God, they're going to a tournament with four, t- four days of games, 16 teams. They're playing games all day. That sounds like the coolest thing ever.
0: Okay. On to our last interview of the new year's week of interviews. Happy new year to our listeners. Um, last but not least, this one was a good one. Brooke Smith. Uh, like I said, in the interview, not a controversial statement. That probably the best basketball player, man or woman, to come out of Marin. Um, McDonald's All-American, WNBA champion, Stanford uh, grad, amazing player. Uh, this was really cool to interview her. I've known Brooke forever. I coached her in eighth grade, as I mentioned. Um, and it was—I think it that was came up once really
2: or twice cool. in the interview. I,
0: I, I don't I, like to talk been... about it, Duff. I, I think I've, think I, like Buck Chavez, I think I mentioned that I coached Brooke Smith in eighth grade in every interview or really in every conversation. I was at Starbucks today and I mentioned it in San Diego. Um, uh, I will say that I, I thought it would be helpful for our listeners, given this week of interviews, to let you know when we conducted these interviews just to, to level set. So, Brooke was actually the most recent interview that we've done. This was in mid December. I think it was December 14th, was the actual day when we were in our kitchen duff. Um, Karen Horstmeyer, was uh november 9th kenny and jordan was november 13th um and Jeff Skaggs was all the way back in the first week of october so that's when we conducted these interviews in case you sense there's some things that we've said that we've repeated since uh because we've we've done these kind of all over uh anyway duffy thoughts thoughts on brooke
2: well first of all to our listeners if your new year's resolution was to listen to one run tmc podcast a day for the first week of the year you're almost there this is friday january 5th we're dropping this podcast and mcal play begins league play begins tonight so that's very exciting but this was a great interview as an honor for me to to meet a player of uh, brooks stature um and uh sort of you could see how even though she's you know fairly mild-mannered she doesn't come across as being intense, but you could see the intensity in her, the will to win, the will to get better and be an expert at whatever she does. So I was very impressed with that, Dave. I do have one more thought, but I'll let you chime in before I come back to my last thought. I,
0: I was just thinking as you were saying that, Duff, and I'd love to hear your, your last thought. But like when I, I mentioned in the Jeff Skaggs interview, the word that comes to mind when I think of Jeff is positive. And the word that comes to mind when I think of Brooke is competitor she just mm-hmm. competes. And she's very, as we mentioned a lot in our discussion, you know, she has incredibly high standards for herself and she's very hard on herself, is a perfectionist, and she's just a competitor. Man, she played hard. Yep,
2: absolutely. Uh, so yeah, last thought is just to thank you to Brooke, because out of our discussion, she was talking about her time with the Mercury and how they really like to press the pace and push the ball up the sidelines. And shortly after that, our archery team started to institute a couple drills based on kind of what you described to, try to really encourage that up, you know, quick transition. Get, you know, get people to run the floor. We call it free flow, and it has been a game changer in terms of getting us to share the ball um, and push pace and get open shots. And so, thank you, Brooke, for that. And uh, it's amazing how just the emphasis on it and then a few drills can really change the way a team can play. So. That uh, was just what I wanted to mention, Dave, and hopefully we continue to play free flow. And I would suggest to coaches out there, it's, if you have the skill and speed to do it, it's, you know, it, it's pretty fun when it clicks.
0: That's very cool. That's very cool. I love hearing those stories. I mean, again, like, as we've said, like I'm using, you know, Ashley Sia's shooting drill in our practices at yeah. San Dominico. You know, we're, we're incorporating things that we're learning from these interviews. I hope that our listeners are doing the same, whether you're coaches, players, parents. Um, so. Uh, very cool anecdote. Thank you, Duff. So these let's, are uh,
2: interviews, these, Dave, these, these are interviews yeah. with benefit. interviews with benefits.
0: There you go. Well said. Um, so we hope you've enjoyed this week of interviews. Uh, we've certainly had fun talking to these amazing people. Uh, we have many more great ones to come. We have a few that we've already banked and we have a few that we've scheduled that we're very excited about. So keep listening and enjoy this conversation with Brooke.
2: Yeah. Uh, to our listeners, we will go back to a regular schedule, uh, at least next week and moving forward, probably once a week. And we will be focusing uh, once again on local action uh, in high school, also giving some CYO updates. So you can ex- expect probably more of Dave and I talking uh, at each other starting next week. But I hope you enjoyed this week of interviews. Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year. Yeah. All right, Brooke Smith, hi. Hi. Nice to see you. Yeah,
3: thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, okay, we have. Uh, I think, not controversial, the best basketball player in Marin history, Duffy. I'm gonna say it. All right,
2: I'm on board. I'm saying it. Let's uh, go. We got a hoop in the driveway. Let's go see. <laughs> let's ask. Let's ask
0: Duffy a trivia question, Brooke. Duffy, uh, name all the McDonald's All-Americans from Marin. Uh,
2: Brooke Smith.
0: Okay. Good talk. So, uh, Brooke, psyched to have you here. Um, where do we begin? Well, let's let's just. I'll go through your background to give our listeners some context, and then we want to get into your whole playing career, mainly focusing on your 8th grade A CYO coach. <laughs> uh, we're going to spend 45 minutes on him. Okay. Grew up in San Anselmo. Yes. Correct? Yes. Played CYO for St. Rita's. Yes. Okay. 8A coach. Listeners was me. I coached her in 8th grade. Uh, she then went to Marin Catholic, played for Rick Martini. What yep. year were you? at oh, 203 O two, okay, mm-hmm. and that was was that your state title team?
3: Yeah, my senior year.
0: And that team was loaded, right?
3: Yes, we had eight players go play Division one basketball.
0: Eight Division one players, Duffy. Yep. So Nikki Warren played at BC and USF. Adrian Payne
3: went to West Point. Yep. La- um, Lauren Makowski. went to ASU and walked on, um, and then Santa Clara. Casey Lockwood. Casey Lockwood, Princeton. Lauren Nestor, Princeton. Michelle Gage, Columbia, and Miranda Forey went to UC Irvine.
0: And then there was uh, a little used player named Brooke Smith, who uh, started at Duke and transferred to Stanford. Yep. Uh, you also played AAU yeah. around this time, right? You played for Fulton.
3: Yep. Mike,
0: we've, we've mentioned Fulton a couple times on this on this podcast. Um, okay, so you go to Duke for one season, and then you transferred to Stanford. And this was back in the day before the transfer portal, well, yeah. where when you transferred, you had to sit out a year. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah.
0: So we're going to talk about that. Um, very solid career. Three years at Stanford, averaged 15 points a game. Graduated in '07 and was drafted in the WNBA by the Minnesota Lynx. Um, then, welcome a uh, 23rd overall pick. Right.
3: Uh. Yeah think so. I think that's what the internet told me. Yeah, then that's probably right. So then,
0: uh, welcome to the business of basketball. Uh, You were released by Minnesota. Yep. You were picked up by Connecticut. Yep. Released by Connecticut. Yep. And then you landed in Phoenix. The next year. The fall, okay.
3: So I was, I didn't play that summer. um, Went over to Italy and started playing and then got picked up the next season in Phoenix.
0: Okay. And then you played three years in Phoenix? Yep. And won a WNBA title? Yes. And you went to the White House?
3: Yes, twice because they'd won the year before, so I got to go as just like a courtesy my first year, um, and then I got to go the second year as the actual winner.
0: Awesome! Uh, you played five seasons of pro ball in Italy.
3: Yes, well, mostly I Played a half a season in France.
0: Okay, yeah, and we want to we're going to spend a lot of time on your WNBA experience because that's a unique thing. I don't know whether have there been any other Marin people playing in the WNBA?
3: Uh... I don't think so. Not
0: that I know of. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're going to talk about that. Uh, So after your playing career, you're now uh, you're in the world of medicine, right? Yeah, I'm
3: a PA, physician assistant. Awesome.
0: You married, live in Mill Valley. Yep. Two young kids. Young
3: kids.
0: Yep. She's thrilled to be here with me and Duffy, (laughs) away from the kids. Um, And most recently inducted into this year's Marin Athletic Foundation Hall of Fame. The MC of that event was Dan Dibley our prior guest. Um, so, Brooke, really psyched to have you. I'm going to tell a quick personal story. Duffy, you know I don't like to talk, so I'm going to just tell a quick one here. So, I coached lab and camps in my college days. And when I was at lab and camp, a guy saw me coaching and he asked me after camp to coach his daughter's eighth grade CYO team. And that guy was Don Briggs. Yeah, And I was, uh, at that time, just starting to work. I had a job in finance. I would get up at five in the morning. I had to work in the city. I was out of work at three, and I was like, how am I going to do this? Driving up to Marin to Fairfax Pavilion, remember where we had our practices, (laughs) and coach. And I thought, all right, I'll try it, and I'll see if I like it. And I vividly remember going to that first practice and seeing this team and meeting you as an eighth grader. And I was sold when I met you because, uh, first of all, you were in awe of me because I was the practice player for the Stanford women's team. Yeah. You were asking me tons of questions about Tara Vanderveer, and eighth graders don't typically have that level of interest in college basketball. Um, but you were the one that was like, all right, I can do this, and it was one of the, my favorite experiences. I mean, we only spent, I don't know, five months together, but yeah. um, I'll never forget that. That started my coaching career, which I'm still doing today. Yeah. Um, I know that I am personally responsible for all of your success. You're welcome. <laughs> but um, you were just, I remember you were so competitive. You cared so much. Um, you're such a smart player too, which I'm, later on I'm going to talk about Tara Vanderveer commenting on you. Yes, Duffy.
2: Did you ever have to bench Brooke during that season? And if so, why did you venture?
0: Um, I, I was encouraged to venture a couple times when we were up by so much. Here. I, I never remember taking Brooke out, like, because I didn't want her to play.
3: I feel like you probably could have taken me out for shooting too much. I watched a video of myself playing in eighth grade recently—not recently, it was like a year ago. Not true. And man, I shot the ball a lot.
0: <laughs> As well, you should have shoot or shoot, Brooke. Um, so anyway, it was one of the great joys and privileges of my life to coach you, and then to watch you. Uh, your MC days, Duke, Stanford, uh, so so cool. So thank anyway, you. thank you for joining us. Yeah. Well, let's start with the WNBA because that's a unique thing here. So you have this life of success, right? You're you're always the best player. And then even at Stanford, you're really good, right? You're scoring 15 a game. I think you had 17 a game your junior year. Like you were really, really good. You go to the WNBA, you get drafted, and then you get cut. Yeah. What was that like for you to get to like that, the business of basketball? What was that like?
3: Um, It was devastating. Um, I, you know, I I think it started with the draft. They invited me to go to the draft, and so you expect to go early, and then I saw my name kind of fall and fall and fall. So I was already like uh, a little sort of feeling down about the situation. So I ended up in Minnesota, and you get there and you guys have talked about it on the podcast before, but the transition in terms of strength, speed, yeah. um, and quickness is just totally different. And so um, I didn't adjust well in that sense. Like, I wasn't fast enough or strong enough uh, to play right away there. And
0: um, how big were you relative to, like,
3: um, I mean, I was probably around the same height or a little shorter than most post players, but I wasn't strong enough.
0: And you're 6'3, 6'4? 6'3. Okay.
3: Yeah. And so most, they're just stronger than me and faster than me. And, um, the first, you know, the first, the training camp is like two day workouts. You're lifting, you're lifting hard. And I would just go home and just be like, so (laughs) like couldn't move a muscle. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, getting cut then was devastating. Then I got picked up by Connecticut. I was like, Oh, I'll make this team. And then I got cut again. And, um, yeah, it was devastating. I just thought I was going to, you know, walk into having a great, this great, easy pro I don't know if easy's the right word, yeah. but a great pro career, and it, it wasn't. It was a you know an eye opener. For sure.
0: And what? And you're. We were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. But what was your uh, what was your contract? What, so you you yeah. al- ultimately land at in Phoenix. Yeah, what, the were making, year, what were you making? Um, what were you making?
3: Yeah, the salary for a rookie uh, on a training camp contract was forty thousand dollars for a season. I mean, it's a summer season, so it's you know five months, four months, but. Yeah, $40,000 is the rookie contract, or was, it's gotten better, but that was when I played.
0: So because of that, you see almost all WNBA players go and play, like you did, play overseas the rest of the year to supplement their income, right?
3: Yeah. Um pretty much everyone does it. Partly because you know the summer season's short, so you have a lot of time to go play overseas. Yeah. Um, And then the salaries over there are better for women, like on a relative basis. And it's all like I, I think I was making around seventy or eighty thousand, but it was okay. tax-free money. So they pay your taxes, they pay your housing, they pay your car. Yeah. So you're basically taking that money home. Okay. Which, you know.
2: Why? Why is that? Why are the salaries better overseas? Longer season, more fan um, support, subsidized?
3: They're they're subsidized, so they all have uh, like sponsors, and so you've see, started to see. While I was with the Mercury, they got LifeLock started sponsoring, so yeah. there was some more sponsorships that came into play. I think over here, but over there, they've always had sponsorships, and so that's how they may be, are able to play more, pay more.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so when you land with the Mercury, who was your who was your coach with the Mercury?
3: Corey Gaines. Um, he was an old NBA player. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah. So he was our coach for the three years I was there. Okay. Yeah.
0: And was your and you guys won the title?
3: Yeah, the second year I was there, we won won the W championship. So who are your who are your
0: best players? Um, Diana
3: Taurasi. I played with Diana Taurasi, who I think is, our, in my opinion, the best women's basketball player. Um, she's she's just one of the most competitive, smartest yeah. players I've ever seen on the court um so she was there dawana bonner who's still playing Mm -hmm. is there um and then there was let's see penny taylor um that's probably the other like biggest name so
0: what was it like to play with dt
3: intense um yeah she she plays hard and she's she's smart and she doesn't have any concerns about telling you if you're not doing something right whether you're just not cheering loudly enough on the bench or whatever it is she'll let you know so um but she treats everyone the same. Okay, yeah. uh, I have a lot of respect for her.
0: Yeah, and what what were the what were the WBA practices like? Like you come from, I mean, I've, I've been to Tara's practices. Tara's practices yeah. were very um, structured, organized, tough. Yeah. What, what was WNBA like?
3: Um, the Mercury, we like to run. That was like part of our offense was just getting the ball up and down the court. So they were, you know, you go to training camp and you're it's hard. You're working out twice a day. You're doing a ton of running. There's a lot of uh, fitness and um, drilling. And then immediately once the season starts, you're playing so much that you're really yeah. not practicing that much. So it's like you get basically all your practices in for the season at the beginning of the year. And then it just turns into sort of more like running through stuff. Occasionally you'll get some real practice in. Um, but otherwise, you're you're kind of like if you're not playing a ton, like I wasn't. You're working out on your own and getting your own okay. time, and so you're doing that on your own.
0: Yeah. And what's the what's the schedule like? Like how many games do you guys play in a in a week in the WNBA?
3: Uh, probably like between two and four. Yeah.
0: So is that a grind?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's especially a grind because you have to remember everyone's playing year round. So like they're coming straight from one season to another. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a lot of it's a lot of basketball. Yeah. Flying commercial. Flying commercial. Still flying commercial. That's crazy. One of the biggest controversies out there these days. I know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: WNBA teams do not charter flights, whereas NBA teams, obviously. Yeah. Fully catered experience.
2: Podcasters fly commercial as well. No. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Duff, where did you park? (laughs) Where did you
0: park park our run TMC jet? I can't remember. I couldn't find the keys. Um, All right. Brooke, was it fun to play in the WNBA or was it, um, was it hard or both?
3: Um, I definitely would start with fun. It's, I mean, it's a privilege to get paid to play basketball. Um, and that's my, that, yeah. I totally appreciate that. Um, basketball in general, once, you know, it's fun. You're playing a lot, you're playing with the best players. Um, it's not like some cushy gig like the NBA, but it's still a cushy gig, right? <sighs> yeah, like, it's, sure. it's all relative. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it was hard at times. Like, I was missing out on things that family and friends were doing at home. And that part was hard. But that was mostly being overseas because I was you know couldn't I missed birthdays I missed weddings I missed things right. like that yeah
0: right um I mean I know in in college you're so uh you're you're living with your teammates often you're you're so close you form these really big close bonds right
2: yeah.
0: I mean even I as like the practice player I'm still buddies with the team from yeah. that so do you form those bonds in the WNBA or is I guess it would be harder because first of all people can be released cut traded yeah
3: but a little do, more turnover, A little sure. more turnover.
0: Um, but do you form those bonds with people in the yeah. NBA?
3: Yeah. I would say that you still are forming really b- great bonds. Everyone's pretty much, except for people who've been there a long time, are yeah. housed in the same building because you're just there for the summer months. So they'll put everybody up in the same oh, area. Okay. So you're kind of all in the same place. Um, and you're spending so much time traveling together that you spend a lot of time with people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's different. It's not like uh, my college friends are like my lifelong best friends, and so it's different in the WNBA. But um, but you're still getting a lot of good quality time with the people that you're playing with.
0: Very cool. Do you you still follow the WNBA? Do you? Yeah,
3: I I love watching all women's basketball. So do I. Yeah.
0: Um, Caitlin Clark. Be interesting to see what happens this year. Yeah. So how do you how would you assess the league today? I mean, it seems like Duffy and I talked about this, um, like the finals. The season were great, yeah. Right, like, and there's some really interesting, exciting stars in the league. Yeah, it seems like the league's in a good place. Do, you, do you, do you like where the WNBA is going?
3: I do. Um, it seems like, I mean, I don't. I'm not that in- connected with what they've been, the changes. But it seems like since Kathy Engelbert, the new commissioner, has come in, she's done a good job of um, kind of growing the league, kind of improving sort of the. Uh, name and the image I'd say of yeah. the NBA and then I think also the talent just continues to get better and so it's just more fun to watch um, and it, I think just getting people to watch and realizing how good the game is has been that's been growing and yeah the finals this year were really fun to watch the uh, Chelsea Gray is one of the most entertaining players, I'd say, to watch in the league.
0: She's incredible. Yeah. Actually, I was just talking to Fulton. Obviously, I see him every day. Uh, and he, he was telling me that he had some high school team, might have even been your team, uh, where they played against Kelsey Plum. That probably wasn't mine. Uh, um, yeah. No, it wasn't you. Yeah. Um, a, oh, probably. But he said even team. then, like, I think she was at La Jolla. I think she's from San Diego. Yeah, she But um, that just, she was unbelievable in yeah. high school. Yeah. And she continues to be unbelievable. So. Yeah. All right. Very cool. We're going to come back to WNBA, okay. um, but now I want to shift gears a little bit and go back to the early days of Brooke Smith. Um, growing up in San Anselmo, when did you start playing hoops?
3: Um, I think I was in about fourth grade. My sister, who's two years older, was just signed up for CYO basketball, and I would go to her games and shoot around in the court, um, Yeah, and I was immediately like, I love this game, um, and so started playing in fourth or fifth grade. Were you always when they started playing? Then now kids play at like kindergarten level, but that it used to be fourth or fifth grade. Yeah.
0: Were you always tall?
3: I was always tall. I was the tallest person in my class. Okay. My entire life.
0: <laughs> so, um, did you do like skills training on your own, or like how how did you get good? Like when I um... when I came upon you in eighth grade, you were already a stud. Like you you could shoot it. You were you were really good.
3: So my parents got divorced when I was young, and my mom remarried um, this a guy when I was around sixth grade, and yeah. his name's Jan, and he played basketball in college in Hawaii, and 6'7". six seven. And I remember so, him. Yeah, we would just I played in the yard every day. Yeah, so he and I would play. Um, if I could get my sister to play with me, I would. She didn't really want to. Yeah, um, but I just played in the yard. Didn't have skills training like they do these days. It wasn't a thing. Um, totally. I mean, I did eventually. Like, Mike definitely did a yeah. lot of skills training with me yeah. as I got older. But as a elementary school kid, that wasn't yeah. a thing. Tough.
2: <laughs> how many times would you estimate did Jan block your shot? Thousands. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's, that made you so much better, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, I'd run in the house screaming and crying afterwards. But eventually, I'd get, <laughs> I got better. So is
0: that how you developed the hook shot? Because you had a really um, good hook that
3: shot. That was Larry Fulton. Yeah, Larry taught me the hook shot. Yeah, Um, at the Fairfax Pavilion, Um, he was the one who was like, "This is how you do it." And and then I played, did it with Jan a ton, and got better. But yeah, that was all Larry.
0: Like in college, you lived on that hook shot. I
3: yes, I lived on that. Was that shot was my.
0: So you, you, like I mentioned in the intro, I mean, the thing that jumped out to me when I saw you was you were so competitive. Yeah, and and I don't mean that in like a like you were you're a great kid. You were respectful, good teammate, but you were so hard on yourself and yes. driven. Yes. So, your, your free time when you're a kid, you're shooting hoops, right? Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. my mom tells the story of, um, I used to, I was on the swim team as a kid, too, and before I'd get up to dive into the pool, um, I'd, like, practically be throwing up. I'd be, like, so nervous about, like, yeah. you know, performing well that some of the parents were, like, what do you what are you doing to her? Like, why is she exactly. like this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost like, oh, it's just her. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, t- I take it seriously. I always like whatever I'm doing, but sports yeah. and basketball, because I loved it so much. I just, um, yeah, I'm a competitive kid.
0: Indeed. Okay, yeah. so you, you go from, after amazing eighth grade coaching from me, you go to MC Uh, What was the MCAL like in those days? So you were there from like 90, what, 99, 98,
3: 99 to 2002. Yeah. Um, I was actually, before the Marin Athletic Foundation Hall of Fame event, I was talking to Dan Dibble and he was saying, he thinks as well that that was like one of the best times for women's or girls basketball in Marin because the league was pretty good. Um, Tara Linda had Kiki Williams and um, Diane Peterson who were, they were great. They were a couple years older than us. Um, Nevado had Lisa Goodwin, who played at Colgate, and Cecilia Boyer, who I think went to Davis, maybe. Um, and then Katie Christensen was at San Rafael. Yeah. Um, so the league was good, and um, yeah, it was it was a fun time to play. Rick, our coach, was he's one of the best people I know. So he was, it was like a great experience to play for him.
0: Totally. And then you guys, yeah. as we talked about, you just had a stacked team. I mean, you guys yeah. were really good. You were undefeated in MCAL, right?
3: Um, I believe so yeah yeah um, yeah so my brother and sister went to Drake I grew up in some I probably would have gone to Drake but we had I started playing AAU, um with within Petaluma with a group with Adrian yeah um, and Lauren Mikulski and so that kind of like led us all to marine Catholic together um, and then Nikki Warren just happened to go to marine Catholic as well and a couple of the other girls just happened to come along yeah but, um, but yeah the AAU kind of brought us all together and allowed that to happen
0: so in addition to you playing at MC you're playing for Rick great guy great team uh, that's when you started to link up and do some work with Fulton right yeah in high school- mm-hmm. and so talk about the impact that Fulton had on had on you
3: yeah I mean Mike for sure has had the greatest impact on well and my stepdad on my basketball career yeah. I mean he um, I mean he's a great coach he makes everybody just want to do whatever he says like he has a really innate ability to yeah. like get people behind him and want to do whatever he says and he was so fun like we always had so much fun playing with him even if he's yelling at us one minute you know yeah. the next minute we're having a great time um and he opened the gym for me all the time he was down at college of marin and he let us come down and he'd work out with us do skills training with us have us play against the college of Marin girls that yeah. were better than us um, and so that just like pushed us to be better and um yeah I loved it
0: um so Mike tells stories about he'd be working out with you and like you were, you'd be working on a move and you just maybe you weren't getting it or you you weren't perfect and you would keep going and Mike's like Brooke like I have a life like I, I have a date or I have to I have to go somewhere and you're yeah. like you're really? like I know I was gonna say shit, I don't Mike. know if he had a life <laughs> I'm just kidding. let's in, in quotes um <laughs> yeah. But you just said like you were, yeah. You were just tireless. That usually, you know, nowadays it's like I had yeah. to drag my daughter to the gym right. to work out. Duffy's got to drag, you know, our our kids to work out. Like for you, you were just you were so self driven.
3: Yeah, I mean, I loved it. Like we'd go down there and play at Coachman and my girlfriends, who I loved to death, would just yeah. want to chit chat about the day, and I'd be like, "Stop talking! Like we are here to work out. Like what are you doing?" Um, Coach's and then, dream. Yeah, I. I mean, bless Mike's heart, he would let me just keep shooting even after everyone else was done, and yeah. he'd stand there and rebound for me, he must have been quite annoyed with me, but um, well, yeah, I mean, his, his time was just so invaluable to me. Yeah,
0: yeah, trust me, he wasn't annoyed, I mean, <laughs> coaches love people like you, Brooke. So, um, so, you win the state for MC, what, what was yeah. that experience like?
3: Um, I mean, it was kind of like, thank God we did, because I feel like the year before we lost, I think in the, the finals, the NorCal finals to St. Mary's of Stockton. Um, and so it, that felt like a year we probably should have won it then, yeah. sort of underachieved. So it was great to win it and kind of go out on top. Um, yeah. uh, was that a close game, the final? Yeah, I think it was. Oh, I think it was pretty close. It was against. I think won. they won.
0: I think they won by fifteen. Maybe fifteen. Okay. I was, yeah. I was looking that up. Thanks for checking.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. The we played. I forget the name of the team, but Alexis Kendrick was on the team. She ended up at Georgia. Yeah. Um, and they were they were good. Um, but yeah.
0: You guys were so deep.
3: We were very deep. We had so many good players. Yeah. Like
0: I think they. I, I was looking that up. Like I think you. You had like 13 or something in that last game, and Adrian had a big game. And
3: yeah.
0: You, just, you had so many weapons. I mean, that's that's incredible when you think about it. Eight.
3: It was incredible, eight yeah. Eight division yeah. one
0: players. Yeah. Uh, that would not be fun to play against you guys. Um, okay, so as you've listened to our podcast, Brooke, thank you yeah. for being a listener. Yeah, it's been great. Um, we love talking about recruiting journeys, yeah. and you have a, an interesting one. Yeah. Right? So I know you landed at Duke, but go take a step back, where were you, uh, what, what places were you looking at initially?
3: Um, I think I really got it down to Duke, Vanderbilt, Stanford, and then UC Santa Barbara were the sort of the top four for me okay. at the end. Those are places I visited. Um, and I, w- I wanted a good academic institution as well as basketball so i was trying to find the best of the both worlds yeah um because for women basketball does and for men for everybody really um yeah. you know basketball rarely is making your 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 life so yeah um i wanted to get a good education as well and i didn't know it was like duke and stanford i could not make a decision i was 18 years old like yeah. what 18 year old knows what they want to do i don't know um so i ended up at duke and it, it was a good experience. It wasn't the right fit for me. Um, it was too far from home. The basketball wasn't a good basketball for me. Yeah. Um, the style of play was not a place where I felt like I was going to ever be, you know, good. There were girls that were similar to me and had very, like, you know, isolated roles on those te- that team. And so I just didn't seem like the right fit.
0: And um, so the, I mean, Tara... Um, When when Tara's recruiting you initially and you're choosing between, was it Gail? Yeah,
3: in Course, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, how much did the coach factor into your? I mean, I know you ultimately landed at at Stanford, but like when, when you're going through it, so you want a good academic institution, like kind of weigh the different factors that you're looking at, like the players, the system, the coach, the like all those things.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot to ask like an 18-year-old to totally. f- have an understanding of all of those things. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I looked at I wanted a team that had been winning. I wanted to win. Um, yeah. I wanted to get a good education. I wanted to play. Um, that was important to me too. Yeah. Um, and I thought at the time that that would work out for me at Duke, but it just wasn't a good fit. And, yeah. Um, and honestly, I'm a bit of a homebody. Like I was much happier being an hour from home rather than across the country. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I was grateful that Stanford gave me the opportunity again to come back. Um. And, uh, you know, in retrospect, I'm kind of shocked that I was able to make that decision. Sometimes I have trouble like deciding about those things. So I'm that's a big kind decision. Like, yeah, it was a big decision to be like I'm going to change colleges and, and you're going to sit out a year. year. Yeah, and sit out a year. Um. Which I think in turned out to be, um one of the best years for me because it gave me a year to just play, get stronger, get better and have no pressure. So I just played on the scout team every day um, and was able to like show what I could do without the pressure of like, can you perform right now? Um, And so I think I gained a lot of the coaches confidence during that year. Um, How much
0: attention did the coaches give you during that year?
3: Um, It was a different kind of attention, right? Like they wanted me to do stuff on the scout team, but I definitely had the opportunity to like show what I was capable of during that time. So it really worked out well for me, I think. That's that's great. That year.
2: Just a note to the listeners: you might be hearing snoring in the background, and it's not me, Dave. It's not you. It is Kenya. Kenya wearing her Christmas sweater.
0: Our podcast dog
2: having a nice little nap underneath the table. The resonant hum of
0: Kenya's (laughs) snoring. Um. Okay, I want to I want to get to your Stanford experience, Brooke. But real quick, let's let's make a quick pit stop to a little thing called the McDonald's All American Game. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I assume our listeners know what this is, but um, this is the most prestigious award a high school basketball player can get. Uh, how many How many make this team?
3: Um, I think there's probably like twenty ish. Yeah, so from, from around like the country. On, yeah, ten on each side or something. Yeah, like that.
0: crazy. And you made it, only one in. Uh, the history of Marin. If you walk into the Marin Catholic gym, you can see Brooks McDonald's jerseys there. Um, what was that like playing in that game?
3: Um, it was pretty cool. It was the inaugural game, so it was the first time they'd had a women's game. Oh, cool! Yeah, so it was the very first one. Um, my mom brought over a box of like my stuff the other day, and my son picked out the like little brochure with all the players on it, which is pretty fun yeah. to see. Like Carmelo Anthony's in there. Like so many like yeah. big name players were there at the games and. Um, it was it was a big deal. My mom, my parents were really kind and brought Mike and Rick out to yes. the experience, and so they got to come watch. Um, and it was very intimidating because this is just like you know the best of the best. Where where is it played? Madison Square Garden. Oh, man. Yeah. So. Um, New York City. New York City. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was really cool and something I'm very proud of.
0: How'd you do? Did you score?
3: Yeah, I think I did okay. Um, I don't remember. You'd have to look it up. <laughs> I'll look it up. But
2: <laughs> You remember, did they serve you a Big Mac afterwards? Or, <laughs> <more> or both? <laughs> there was plenty
3: of it in there. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. You go to a little school called Stanford. Yeah. Um, discuss playing for Tara. What did you learn from her?
3: Um. <laughs> Tara was... Um,
0: Duffy's pulling up we're in my kitchen <laughs> by our Christmas tree I have a Stanford ornament Duffy just provided it on, put it on the table <laughs> to Jim give Jim Plunkett bro- that's Jim Plunkett yeah 16 uh, yes
3: okay. um, Stanford was good it was a, you know like I said I feel like I had a good opportunity to kind of like set myself up to succeed there um, yeah. and that helped and the system worked for me um, I had the opportunity to do what I can do well which is like score and pass and play in the post Um and, um, she played a kind of game, which was like a pretty controlled game. Like we had plays, we had sets, we ran offense. Um, yeah. and that's something that works well for my style of play. So it was a good fit for me. So,
0: um, so we've talked a lot about the differences in today's game yeah. versus then. Right. So, um, like where you, did you, did you shoot threes ever? Uh,
3: occasionally, but you know, I, Tara is very clear who has the green light and who doesn't say, have the green light. You better make it, Brooke, or, yeah, or she's not going to be happy. I can vividly remember pulling up the whiteboard, and there's like a list of what makes a shot a good shot and what doesn't. And yeah. You know, like There's a long <laughs> list of what makes it a good shot, right. um, and there rarely was a good shot for me, so not a ton, no.
0: Okay. I, mean, I would think that in today's game, because you like you look at like Ash Prechtel and I yeah. mean, some of the players that she recruits who are six three six four and they're three point shooters.
3: Yeah, I mean Kristen Newland, who was my teammate yeah. and one of my good friends, she was six five close player from Wyoming and she could shoot like that was a good shot for her. Okay. Um, I I you know there was we we didn't have the same technology that they do now, but we would definitely like shoot shots at the end of practice and you would get your stats written out yeah. on a piece of paper and they would tell you what your percentage is and. Some people's percentage meant they had the green light, and others meant they didn't. Okay. So, <laughs> there you go.
0: so uh, being a D one athlete, I mean, balancing academics, athletics, social life, you know, being like free time. I mean, yeah. how did you? I know you're a super driven, competitive person. You're a you got a motor, but how did was that hard for you to manage balance when you're a D one athlete like that at that high level D one?
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know any different, so I don't have anything to compare it to necessarily. Yeah. Um, but it was all manageable. I think there were times where I maybe shied away from taking on, like, doing something more in research or something like that because I just didn't have the time or I didn't feel like I had the time. I think you can do it all, but you um, just have to pick and choose what's most important.
2: Would you, you're a physician assistant now. Yeah. Would you have considered doing, like, the pre-med if it weren't for basketball?
3: Um, I mean, I did HumBio um, at Stanford. Human yeah.
0: biology. Stanford yeah. abbreviates everything. Oh, yeah,
3: human biology. Um, so I, the, I guess I didn't take all the prereqs to do um, pre-med. Uh, but, no, I don't. I'm maybe. I'm not sure.
2: My experience, at least at D3, Haverford, was yeah. you know the people that were pre-med, they had labs in the afternoon, and they would miss, yeah. like, a couple practices a week because they had to be in lab for yeah. biology or whatever. And so yeah. that actually caused me to not, you know, be pre-med because I wanted, I didn't want to miss practice. Yeah. Because I wanted to start. Right.
3: Yeah. 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 Tara would have adjust, like we would adjust our practice time based on people's like class requirements. That's the difference Um, between D one and D 3 Yeah. Duffy,
0: you guys also lost like 40 games in a row, right? Or was that before, that was before you. That was before. Okay, sorry, I don't want to bring it up. But Brooke Duffy well, lost. 40 yes, games. men's program. <laughs> yes, Stanford men's program. There is a bit of a disparity little, there. little yes, bit I of will a difference. admit that. Yes. Little bit of a difference. I love you, Duffy. Um, okay, um, Brooke, uh, winning a title in the WNBA. Yeah. I want to know you're you're back to the WNBA. I'm interested in this. Um, how satisfying was that for you? Like, you won a title in in high school with yeah. MC. Um, like, is was it more satisfying to win the state title in MC than the WNBA title? Or like, compare the or feelings? Getting married
3: or yeah. Having children? Yeah, is, where does it rank of all your
0: successes? <sighs>
3: um, you know, it was it was different. I wasn't playing a ton, so I was kind of like a little bit along for the ride, um, which. Uh, as like a competitive person who likes to play, you don't feel quite as sort of involved in the success in the same way. And not to take away from, because every person on the team is important. And I definitely think you have to have the right end of the bench in order to win a championship yeah. too. So I'm not trying to say that doesn't matter what I did, but um, sort of the connectedness to that championship was different. Yeah. Um, but definitely one of the coolest things that's happened to me. Um, and very proud of it and uh, and really felt good to be a part of that team. And I think the team as a group worked really hard to win a championship. And, yeah. Um, you know, that season, so one of my closest teammates at the time was Allie Quigley, who now played for the Chicago Sky when they recently won a championship. But she and I got halfway through the season and Penny Taylor was coming back from Australia. So it was basically between her and I who was going to get cut. For Penny Taylor's to come back oh wow and Ali ended up getting cut and I made the team and I think primarily it was because I was a good practice player like I could play all five positions on in practice mm-hmm. like I knew every offense in every all five positions yeah and so I think it just allowed him more versatility um, at practice and that's why I got kept um, and Allie, interestingly, got cut and then ended up making the Chicago Sky team where she eventually worked her way up to be a starter, like multi-time all-star, has won the three-point shooting competition, and then they won their first championship and beat the Phoenix Mercury lap, not this year, but the year before. was with Candace, before. Right? Yeah, with Candice Parker. Candice Parker, yeah. Um, so she has an awesome story. Um, but yeah, that year I won, it was definitely like, you know, I was on the chopping blocks there and, yeah. you know, happy to be on there.
0: Man, that's stressful.
3: Yeah.
2: I have a question about the up-tempo style with the Mercury and yeah. sort of how that was structured. You know, I see a lot of teams now, we've tried to do this, like get the ball in quickly and then push it up the sideline. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, back when I was playing in college, it was often, you know, push it up the middle, uh, so did you have certain rules or principles, you know, for playing up-tempo?
3: Yeah, it was the sideline. Yeah. Um, and, like, there was, like, a very particular way. Like, the point guard was supposed to come swooping through the bottom of the key and catch it, like, on the yeah, go. On and the you're go. supposed to Going fire it up the yeah. side. Yeah. And yeah. she's supposed to, you know, be one or two dribbles before the ball's out, yeah. out of her hands to, yeah. to the wing up the side. Yeah. Um,
2: and did you do, like, in practice, like a... Uh, a shot clock a different like a 10 or 12 second shot clock in practice
3: um we would do that sometimes oh to you mean just to get the ball up quickly well just to Um, play fast yeah practice getting quick shots yeah not necessarily a shot clock but like any drill we did was like we had that same outlet that had to be done and then we would do sprinting drills that were literally just like running the court with that outlet to get the ball up the court so it was like um, we, we had grand. to be yeah and we had to get like there was one where we had to go down back five times and everyone had to get a shot and you had to do it in like I don't know 25 seconds or something like that but everyone had a shot out of that that had to be done with the outlet done five times anyways it was it was you're
0: hard. making me tired
3: yeah <laughs> um,
0: didn't he uh, didn't Corey Gaines go to Loyola Marymount I think so and that's yeah. you know the famous yeah like run and gun we were talking about yeah. with Rick Winter um, I, I'm pretty sure he was on those, yeah, on those teams. Is it Paul Westhead? Paul Westhead, yeah, Yeah, because exactly. he
3: was the prior coach at the Mercury before. Um, oh, okay. Corey, yeah. So, yeah, you've got to be in shape. Yeah, yes, yes, you had to be in shape.
0: Good times, good yeah. times. Okay, uh, Brooke, vi- let's talk about visiting the White House. Who was president when you went?
3: Um, so I got George Bush the first time when I just was along for the ride, and then Biden the second time. I yeah. mean, sorry, Obama. Obama the second time, yeah. <laughs> not Biden. Well, Joe was there. He was, yeah. he was, he was, he was EP.
0: <laughs> So that must have been a cool experience.
3: Yes. Um, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, George Bush actually was like, wanted to chit-chat and like hang out and was a little more sociable. Yeah. And Obama was a... You know, a little more business. Yeah, um, he was new on the job. Did he want to talk?
2: Yeah. I mean, Obama's a hooper, right? Did he want to talk hoops?
3: He like, I think he was had a lot going on that day because yeah. he came out. He did the photos. He yeah. was kind and like he said yeah. nice words and stuff, but he wasn't like, "Hey, let's hang out." He was like, you know, he had he had a, he had an agenda. Probably
0: had some Situation Room things going on. Yeah, yeah. But, you
2: know, I, <laughs> I, something I, more important. I've seen than some us. videos there. I think maybe he was shooting contests with Clark Kellogg. Yeah, and like his signature for when he hits a shot is rap. Right? You do like that. Oh really? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. Incorporate <laughs> it's that. Cool about everything, right? Yeah.
0: Totally. Yeah. Um, so, let's talk a little bit about your uh, your Italy experience because that's yeah. that's pretty cool. So, how did you get hooked up in in Italy? Did you have an agent who helped yeah. you?
3: Yeah. Um, so I had an agent when I graduated, and he got me a job and said Italy's, you know, gave me a couple options, and I was yeah. like, Italy sounds good. Um, and uh, you know, I don't, sounded like a good place to be. So I, I went over there, I was in a small town called Viterbo, which is like an hour north of Rome. Okay. Um, and it was, you know, it was a different experience. You speak the language? I didn't, I took a class before I went. I learned mm. Italian, I now speak Italian. Um, Sweet. But it was, it was different. Um, it's not a vacation, you're practicing twice a day, six days a week, um, yeah. so you're working. And it's a little isolating. Um, yeah, where do you
0: live? Do you live with your teammates or some of
3: them? So some of them live in the same place as you. And then other people, if they are from the area, live in their own places. Um, there's two Ameri- There was one other American on the team um, and then you had two other European players. So okay. I had a Greek teammate and then I think Serbian my first year. Um, and yeah, at first I was like, what am I doing over here? This is this is wild. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of started to like it because um, I like to play basketball and I ended up playing there a year and then I w- and we weren't very good and I ended up at Lake Como the next year mm. um, and played there for two years.
0: It's beautiful up
2: there.
3: It was great. I was there in the winter, not the summer, but okay. it was still really nice um, and a, a really a nice place to be. I liked that a lot better. We were close to Milan so we could go, do, go in there and have some see other Americans and stuff like Hang that. Hang out with Clooney. Cluny, no, but everyone asks me that.
0: <laughs> I'll text George for it. Yeah.
3: Um, and then my fourth year, I was down on a team called Taranto, which is like in the heel of the boot of Italy. Mm-hmm. And that was a Euroleague team. So that was a team that played in Italy and then also played uh, in other, with, against other European teams. And I ended up getting cut halfway through that season. So around Christmas, they cut me and had um, Sophia Young, a girl from Baylor, come and so that's when I ended up moving to France, played half a season in France, um, and then went back to Como for my last year and played again. Um,
0: How did you stack up in Italy as a, as a player? Like, were you were you one of the better players? The Americans
3: are the better players on the teams in general. There's some great Italian players, but they're yeah. sort of, like, dispersed amongst the teams. Um, and so um, the Americans are, generally speaking, some of the strongest players.
0: And did you, uh, b- back to... Uh you know, your eighth grade when you said you shot a lot, did, did you feel like you had to shoot a lot in Italy?
3: Um, I mean, we were relied on to score as Americans. Yeah. Um, so I would shoot a lot, but most of my teams were pretty good. We'd have some other players that could score and do some different things. And, um, when I ended up playing in Como, I hadn't brought my team teammate from Stanford, Jillian Harmon over. And oh, so yeah. she played with me. Um, and we got a couple, Another cameo Hicks who went to university of Washington ended up with a passport. So she was playing with us too. So, um, yeah, it was, it It ended up being pretty fun. Cool. We
0: have, we interviewed Kenny Woodard. Um, we haven't released it yet. Actually, by the time we, Brooke, we released this one, Kenny's episode might be live, but, um, and he played pro ball in Mexico and Puerto Rico and yeah. he tells a story about like his first game. I think it was in Mexico. He had two points and the coach pulled him aside and said like, look, yeah. You're here to score. Yeah,
3: that's not what you're here for, yeah.
0: Basically, yeah. can't have another game like that. Yeah. And he's like, "I got it." Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just it's interesting like the the Americans, the imports, it feels like they're they're bringing you there for a reason like you right. got to put the ball in the basket.
3: Right. Yes, they're paying you more of the money and your job is to to make them win and if you yeah. don't, then they'll find someone else who will. Right. So, you're Yeah. Yeah, the whole um system over there is different. Um there's yeah, if they don't like you, then you're done. And yeah. um, if they run out of money, then they stop paying you, and you're still supposed to play, and things like that that just yeah. d- wouldn't happen in the U.S. But.
2: Totally. I will note uh, that Brooke's purse with a Run TMC t-shirt in it is currently where Kenny was when uh, we had, when we interviewed Kenny. That's
0: why, Brooke, that's why Call we paid Duffy back. the big bucks, because he makes those <laughs> observations. <laughs> he makes really astute observations, even though they lost 40 games in a row in college.
2: Um,
0: okay, Brooke. Uh, when did you decide to hang up, stop playing ball?
3: Um, so,
0: or professionally, I should say. Yeah, because I know you still play, but
3: yeah, sort of. <laughs> um, so the third, I played overseas for five years, three of them. I did the W in the middle. So the the year before, I played my last season in Italy. I didn't make or I didn't get re signed for the WNBA team and so yeah. my I was no longer under the rookie contract, so I was going up to like the vet minimum and as at the end of the bench, you can get a rookie to sit at the end of the bench. Like you don't need a you're expensive to pay. end yeah, of the bench. Yes, exactly. Yes. So I didn't make a team and I was kind of like, oh, I don't they I had some chances to go to training camps and I just wasn't that interested in doing it. And, at that and
0: point. so what how old were you at this point?
3: um i was probably like 28. okay yeah 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 and so i ended up playing, going back overseas and playing one last year in lake como and then that was when the economy started to go down so um the team literally stopped paying i think the last three or four months of the season oh wow um, and so at that point i was like oh well, if i'm not making money then this isn't probably something i yeah. want to keep doing And Um, A lot of my friends were starting to, like, get married and kind of move on with their lives. And I was like, wait, I want to do some of those things, too. So it it felt like time.
0: So um, have you thought about coaching?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I have. I Actually, very much after listening to your podcast as well, just Mm -hmm. because it's been... Mission accomplished stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's been fun to... uh,
0: So I'm going to read you a quote from our friend Tara Vanderveer. Um, This was in an article, I'm sure you've seen this, but uh, this is Tara Vandiver talking about Brooke Smith. Quote, I kind of was hoping she'd go into coaching. Brooke was a very intelligent player. She really understood the game of basketball and could make adjustments during a game, which is really rare, especially for front court players. She was an extremely good post player. She had great back to the basket moves and was deceptive, a very heady player. She took a lot of charges while a lot of post players want to block shots. She was a good passer, a good scorer. A good free throw shooter. In end-of-game situations, you wanted the ball in her hands because she would knock down the free throws. It's pretty high praise. Yeah, it was nice. Was what it? she didn't say was it was all her 8th grade age. St. <laughs> St. Rita's coach. But, um, I mean, that's... That, you should be a, a coach, Brooke.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, when I stopped playing basketball, I didn't want to go into coaching because I felt like so much of my life for so long had been on a totally. basketball schedule yeah. that I was like, I need to regain space. some of my own time. Um, and now I just don't have time cause I have two little kids, but ideally I would like to do some coaching at some point. Yeah.
0: So I think when your kids get a little older, uh, put a basketball in their hands, maybe that's, that's the gateway drug. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Do, do you have a Nerf hoop yet for
0: them?
3: Um, we have one. No, we did, not a Nerf hoop. What's or like one of the like little ones, logo? the mini hoops. Yeah. We have the mini hoops. So my son who's in TK has started doing like the mini basketball at Strawberry Rec Center, which yeah. It's been hilarious. Yes, That's awesome. <laughs> he can't get the ball there unless he goes underhand because he's just only four. So um, it begins. So fun. So yeah. is your
0: is your husband uh, an athlete, basketball player?
3: Um, he he played basketball in high school and then he went to Brown and did some practice player for the women's team as well. Yep. Sounds like, Which sounds like a good guy. I like yeah. Him. Um, and then he so he loves basketball, but not not as at a high of, of a level.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, recommendation
2: for the Nerf hoop, a little bit older, the one like you put on the door. Oh, yeah. And then because it's like with a smaller ball so you can get the elbow in because you see a lot of kids like they want to chuck it up with the elbow
3: out. Yeah. Okay, good advice. I'll try that.
0: Okay. Every now and then Duffy says useful things. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brooke, we've reached crunch time. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. It's a big moment.
2: Kenya would like to
0: crunch on something right now. Kenya's snoring has stopped, which is nice. Um, okay, toughest player you've ever played against in Marin?
3: In Marin. Um, Kiki Williams.
0: Great player. Yeah. Played at TL for Fulton. Yeah. Played at Cal. Yeah. For Karen Horsemeyer.
3: Yeah. She was just, um, she was a couple years older than me and she was yeah. a little quicker than me and she could shoot. Um, and so she just, and she was. You know, I was just a little intimidated by her, um, but yeah, she was she was a really good, women's basketball player.
0: She was really good. I mean, yeah. I would think also just like your your practices at MC, you're playing against some pretty good players yeah. too, right? Yeah, I
3: mean, Mickey Warren's obviously another easy one to say too. There, yeah, um, she was my teammate, so I'll keep her on that side. Yeah, okay, good, good.
0: <laughs> okay, toughest player you have played against overall?
3: Um, this is a tough one. I mean, probably. Either Jana Powell, who was on my teammate at Stanford, yep. who um, she was a freshman when I was a senior, and she then played for the um, San Antonio Stars before they moved to Vegas. Um, but she's just one of the strongest people I know. Um, yeah. so she's a very tough person to guard. And then Sylvia Fowles is probably the other person who's oh, yeah. a phenomenal post player from LSU um, who played for the Minnesota Lynx for a long time.
0: Awesome. Um, favorite coaches and players to watch? College pro, whatever.
3: Um, yeah, I like watching all basketball, especially women's basketball. Right now, I really enjoy watching Brianna Stewart. Um, I think she is very fun to watch. She yes. plays the game with her head and is really smart. Um, Chelsea Gray, I already mentioned her, yep. but of the Aces. Um, and then Caitlin Clark, I think, is probably one of the fun, most fun players in She's game the game. college basketball to so watch, men's great. or women's. She's really fun to watch. And then I love watching Stanford, so Cameron Brink, that whole team I watch. Yeah. And then actually, if I don't know if you guys have seen USC play, but Juju Watkins, who's yes. a freshman at, Gigi, at uh, USC, is, does not look like a freshman. She is very good. So that's been fun to see her.
0: I know. I'm, I'm very sad about the dissolution of the Pac-12. Me too, yeah. Um, and for women's basketball in particular, because yeah. there's some great, yeah. Teams. I mean, UCLA is really good. Yeah. USC is really good. Arizona's good, right? Yeah. is doing a great job They're there.
1: Not
2: the at this point?
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know what. I Oregon so. State and Washington Aren't State they are going doing.
3: to the Mountain West or something like
0: that. I, yeah, I, I don't know. They probably will. That's yeah. that's my assumption. But um, it's
3: just really really is sad.
0: It's a it's a bummer, but yeah, I've I've seen Juju um, play. She's great. USC's yeah. got some got some real talent. Yeah. Um, so. This wasn't on the list, but I'm just curious. So when you are at Stanford, who, who did you guys want to beat the most? Like, was it UConn, Gino, or like, who was your...
3: Oh. Um, gosh, we had some great rivalries. ASU was really good at that time and a very physical team that we definitely hmm. didn't like very much. Um, so that was always like a big competitive yeah. battle with ASU. Um, and then UCLA was really good. They had like Nikki Blue, Lisa Willis, yeah. um, Noelle Quinn. So they were really good. Um, I mean, we. So those were probably like those are the people that we played the most. So it was Yeah. Kinda, like the most common.
0: Yeah. When talking. I was way back in the day, when I was there, uh, Pat Summit was at Tennessee. Yes. Yes. And Gino was at UConn. Yeah. And I mean, I think you probably found this too, right? Like, I remember just remember the girls on our team were so up for those games because they were all the players they played against in. All-American games, they've yeah. gone on recruiting trips with them, you get to know those yeah. elite players so they just want to kick their ass. Yeah. So that was really fun.
3: Yeah, we had a Tennessee, we did go, we played back and forth with them and that was always a big, big game.
0: That environment must have been crazy, going yeah. in that arena. Yes. Crunch
3: time. Crunch
2: time.
0: Okay. Brooke, <laughs> from Tennessee to Marin, favorite gym in Marin?
3: Um, uh, Marin Catholic. But second would probably be Drake.
0: Good answers. Yeah. Good answers. Okay. Your dream team. You're heading down to play pickup. You and four others. Who's... Are
3: these supposed to be Marin people or anybody people?
0: I don't know, Duff. What do you want to do? Uh,
3: Marin. Marin people? Marin. Okay. Then this is just my high school basketball team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, Lauren, Nikki, and then Lauren Nestor. Yeah. I like it.
0: Yeah. I don't think you guys are going to lose many games. Yeah. Um, favorite Marin restaurant, Brooke?
3: Um, if I'm going with my kids, then we're probably going to Pizza Hacker at the Junction. Love that place. And um, if I'm going without my kids, probably Farm Shop. We did our after wedding party there, so it kind of has a special place in our hearts. Okay, how
0: about growing up when you were a kid? What was your favorite restaurant?
3: It's weird. When we were little, we didn't eat out the way people eat out these days. We got like Papa Murphy's takeout pizza and (laughs) cooked it at home. I remember the extent of our our eating out as kids.
0: Brooke was just too busy shooting hoops.
3: The Sizzler. The Sizzler, we did hit that one up. Exactly.
0: Uh, Duffy, do you have anything else that I've.
2: Uh, Do I have anything else? Um, Your favorite type of Labrador retriever uh, black, chocolate, or yellow?
3: A golden retriever. Can I say that? You can say golden. Okay, yeah, I mean, a golden retriever growing up. Yeah. <laughs>
0: awesome. Well, Brooke, um, so good to see you.
3: Yeah, thank you for having and, me. Uh, and really
0: I meant everything I said at the beginning. Uh, Thanks. You had a big impact on me, even though um, I was coaching you. <laughs> um, and I love seeing you now as a mom, and I'm hoping to see you as a coach soon. Yeah.
3: Um, I think
0: so. <laughs> But uh, you've had a huge impact on Marin basketball. You're a legend. So thank you for yeah. the time.
3: Well, thank you guys for doing the podcast. It's been really fun to listen to and um, kind of bring back so many memories for me and relive a lot of like growing up and playing basketball. Oh, and if you guys have any way to put on your website like what games in Marin are being played in high school. Oh, that's a
0: good, yeah. point. Um, that's a good point.
3: That would be because it's really hard to find out like what you have to like go to all these different websites to that's find a, out what's That's
0: on a great them. idea. Sure. Um, yeah. We, we should do that.
3: Yeah, with all your We'll talk to our time. friend, yeah. Angela Ballard. Thank you, Angela. All right, thanks, bro. All right, thank, no, thank you. you. Great job. Burke's on his feet. He looks
1: up and gives me a grin and says,
3: Hey, dude, you too must be from Marin. Marin County.